Oh, my gosh, dude. Was that fun or what? Oh, it was quite the adventure, Glenn. I'm glad you were able to join us today. Yeah. I, don't you feel like we're living in some ways like in 1970 at times here in Texas? <laughs> it just the whole society just shuts down. Shuts down. There's a little ice we have on ice. the ground. We have ice on the ground. And, I mean, it's bad. It's, it's, uh, it's about, you know, half an inch or a quarter inch thick everywhere. And we're supposed to have another ice storm. But we don't have salt. We don't have sand. We don't have anything. And so the entire city shuts down and it happens like once a year. And it's it's just bizarre. It is so weird. You know, we're used to everything. Well, we'll just take care of that. We, we don't have any of that stuff here. Um, but uh, today's uh, today's broadcast was interesting, to say the least. We talked a lot about Donald Trump and uh, Ron DeSantis and the election that is coming our way. We also talked to Sean Reyes about something that is really pressing. Two things. One, uh, you are now 118 days away from being a felon if you have a, uh, a pistol with a pistol brace on it. Um, the uh, eight. ATF has entered it into the rule books, and so the clock is ticking now. Talk to Sean Reyes about that. Also, what's happening with ESG and so much more, all on today's podcast. Now, brought to you by Relief Factor. Relief Factor, according to Nina, she wrote in, she said, Glenn, Relief Factor got me out of pain. I can now I can now work. I can walk my dog. I can run up and down my stairs again without being in pain, and I don't have to sleep with ice packs anymore. Nina, I have been there with the ice packs um, listen the relief factor is really i think in many ways for me it's been a miracle drug and it's not a drug so it's not gonna whack you out it's it's all natural it has four different ingredients that attack inflammation in the body which is the problem with most of our uh of our ills and pains uh in our body uh that's why i think it's a good thing just to take it every day um, you know, just to keep the inflammation in your body down, because that, that's what's causing us most of our pain and our problems. Thousands of people have tried this. About 70% of the people go on to order more month after month. It's Relief Factor. If you're in pain, please just try this. Uh, 800-4-RELIEF. You can try it for $19.95. They say, just try this trial pack for three weeks. If, it, if you don't see anything, probably not going to work for you. But 70% of the people, they go on to order more. Relief Factor relieffactor.com call 800 the number four relief 800 for relief relief factor feel the difference here's the podcast you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program want to talk and continue our conversation here on the candidates um you know we just went through where donald trump has some real credibility with uh, ending wars um and i'm not sure where desantis you know I, I haven't seen proof of desantis in action we have seen it with donald trump but let's talk about covid now yeah it seems like one of the the approaches right now <laughs> yes, uh, from Trump oh, I is here, Stu. This is wonderful. Okay, of course. Go ahead, well, Stu. Here, uh, thank you. I'll, I'll take it here for a second as we solve these uh, technical issues. We appreciate the uh, everybody uh, hanging out and uh, and with a little understanding here with uh, what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, and what's interesting about what Trump is doing is he, I think, Sorry. sees uh, appropriately I a potential weak point. 
uh, for his run in the COVID response stuff. You know, people remember going back to March and April of 2020, you know, when you heard the phrase two weeks to stop the spread, the person standing on the stage was Donald Trump. And I think everybody has some sort of remembrance of that. And I think you're going to see candidates in the field try to go to Trump's right, if you will, and say Donald Trump was the guy who had Anthony Fauci standing by his side, who had Dr. Burke standing by his side, who uh, told us two weeks to stop the spread, who then told us after those two weeks were over, another month to stop the spread. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of criticism o- over the vaccines uh, among the Republican base. And Trump has kind of held the line there and said, look, these things were great and they, they saved a bunch of lives. Does the base agree with that? And again, it matters what the base agrees with because they're the ones who are going to make these decisions. So how do you handle that if you're Donald Trump? You can kind of see the first steps in his approach as as he was talking on the plane the other day where he said, look, you know, a lot of these governors are out there bragging about their COVID responses. You know, Florida shut down. Florida shut down. People forget this. Florida shut down. I think is what he said was a lot longer than some of the others. And, you know, in sort of normal Trump fashion, there's some truth to that. It's probably exaggerated. I mean, I think you look at the DeSantis response to COVID and most people on the conservative side of the spectrum look at it as a good response. They say, you know, so, so here's the here's the problem was, that I have with, uh, mm-hmm. with Donald Trump is, um, you know, he. He is the guy who suspended. However, however, in his favor, um, I give everyone a pass. Well, except for Fauci, because of what he knew was going on, according to documents. Um, I give I give almost everybody a pass that everybody was trying to do the right thing. Everybody was, um, you know, 10, 10 days to s- slow the spread. Um, I give you a pass on. However, it should have not been mandatory. It should have been, we believe, 10 days to, uh, to stop the spread is advisable. Shouldn't have been a mandatory thing. That comes from the World Economic Forum. That comes from the Treasury Department. Uh, and event, what was it, 201 or 203, um, the the strategy planning done by the WEF and, and the Bill Gates Foundation and all of that. They had this plan. They walked it into the president. Never been done before. Shouldn't have been done. If you are a constitutionalist, you would have said no. Donald Trump is not necessarily a constitutionalist, although he's better than most, it seems, at times. Um, I, I wonder if DeSantis would have done it because he did close down the state. But again, in the beginning, I give everybody forgiveness, um, DeSantis and Trump alike. But there comes a point to where you got to say, OK, this was really bad. We shouldn't ever do that again. And I haven't heard that from Donald Trump. Have you? Um, I think we've heard a little bit of that. We've heard um, bits and pieces of that, um, though I still think he's out of step with the base on some of some of it. What's fascinating is really the argument for DeSantis and his response is very similar to the argument to Donald Trump and his success, right? Like if you like Trump's response, what you would say is he turned on these restrictions relatively quickly. Now, 
he turned slower than DeSantis did. Remember, Donald Trump was out there criticizing Brian Kemp, who was really the first one, at least in that area, uh, to turn uh, to turn around on those restrictions. You know, I think you could look at people like Christy Noem uh, in, in South yeah. Dakota. Uh, it, Iowa was another state that never closed down. But, you know, again, when you look at the spectrum of responses, both Trump and uh, DeSantis would be, I think, on the right side of that for most conservatives. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're trying to needle i mean desantis has not participated in this criticism yet but like they will eventually be needling each other on this response and it really you know it's it is i think there are definitely parts to criticize of trump's response desantis's response i think was more standard for republicans and both of them stood up pretty strongly eventually and got to that point where they said look this is wrong and we should not be doing this the question with Trump is one of his weak points is going to be he went through his entire administration with Anthony Fauci mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone looks at Fauci as the center point of this. And over and over and over again, every one of his competitors in this primary are going to show pictures of Donald Trump sitting there praising Anthony Fauci, standing next to him, Fauci praising Trump. All that stuff really happened. That wasn't a dream, even though it seems like it at this point. I don't think that's going to matter to people who would vote for Trump if if Trump uh, stands up at some point. I want to hear both of them say this. Look, we did the best we could. We took the advice we could. We were in an emergency situation. We didn't know then what we know now. However, the most important thing we learned is you cannot do these style things it should never happen again and we should be passing laws to make sure it never happens again um the the uh, we all gave everyone the benefit of the doubt fauci and we gave the benefit of the doubt to uh, our pharmaceutical companies everybody stepped up we didn't know at the time and i'd like to hear rick and or sorry ron and uh, uh donald trump say this um that we didn't know at the time that there were deals with the government and the pharmaceutical companies. We didn't know at the time that gain-of-function research was going on and is still going on. So I want to have a frank and open, honest uh, discussion and uh, really hearing on everything that happened. But the first step is we are to never, ever, the federal government Uh, close down businesses and close everything down from the federal level people were already isolating before we did it we're Mm -hmm. not going to do that ever again and we are going to make sure that it never happens again through uh, legislation Uh, that's what i want to hear Yes, I think we need to do that, and through the courts as well. These, we need to get yeah. all these things on record and locked down through the court system to make sure this doesn't happen again. Glenn, let me. Uh, can I ask you a couple of non-binding prediction questions for the future? I'm not going to hold you to these. Okay. I'm not going to hold you to these. I'm not going to say you were an right. idiot for getting these wrong. I just want your okay. vibes at this very <laughs> moment. Okay. Okay. So we know we have DeSantis and Trump in this uh, back and forth here at the top of the primary. Likely, there will be a third person who at least has a run at some point. Someone who gets, I don't know, into double digits in a few polls, maybe puts some pressure on one of the two candidates, maybe passes one of the two candidates and has an outside chance of winning. Let me give you some names of people who are being thrown around right now. Yeah. Tell me who you, th- who you think your number three is in this race right now. You've got John Bolton, no. Mike Pompeo. No. 
Mike Pence. No. Nikki Haley. No. Ted Cruz. No. Christy Noem. Maybe, but I lean towards no. Okay. Rick Scott from Florida. Maybe, but I lean okay. towards no. Tim Scott, South Carolina. Um, uh, that's the first one that I think is like, yeah, probably could be. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Uh, Glenn Youngkin from Virginia. No. no. I hope to God not. Right, you're that down, that down no, on Youngkin already? I, no, I, I mean, I just, I, I want to see governors that are leading uh, like uh, Ron DeSantis is. I want to see governors understand and verbalize the country is on fire. And we are building a barricade around our state. It's why I, I, I'm sorry, but I don't give Texas. I give Texas a hard time, and I think they deserve it. Um, they are acting like it's business as usual, maybe a little dicey. This isn't a rainstorm. This is a Category 7 hurricane. What are we, what are we doing? I want to see governors who have actually taken hard stands and are continually moving the ball forward, not playing, um, uh, not playing where at least we're not them, and certainly not uh, playing defense. I want somebody on the offense. Hmm. Um, and uh, you mentioned Texas and Greg Abbott's another one you throw in there. I assume you would say no on him. No. Larry, Larry Hogan, Liz Cheney from the left has been rumored no. as well. No. So yeah. really no one there that you, you think – there's no one obvious. All these people are very low in the polls. Tim Scott is the one you maybe said had potential as a as a. Yeah, I three. think there's um, – I, I, you know, I, I think predicting any of this stuff at this point is – It's crazy. Uh, is crazy. That's why it's non-binding. It's, that's yeah, why I it, non-binded you. <laughs> yeah, well, because it, this is – this literally all of this stuff could change overnight. We, we could, you know, we could ha- with, be without power in 2024. We could also be the king of the world with some new Bitcoin in 2021. We have no idea what is coming. This is the most unstable the world has been in my lifetime. I, ca- I cannot think of another time that is more unstable than, than it is right now. So let's... Let's all pretend we're alcoholics and take it one day at a time. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Jason uh, Batrill, who has uh, a update for us, Jason. Um, give me uh, give me the update on what is happening now with Joe Biden and the FBI. Hello, Glenn. Well, I'm sure everyone's seeing this all over Twitter, and there's like aerial cams from helicopters going over uh, President Biden's house right now, and they're live streaming the FBI raiding his house, uh, looking for these classified documents. Did everyone see that? Mm-hmm. No, they're not treating it uh, the same way that they did. And this is amazing. They, they've been in their house, uh, sources told cnbc i think were the first to report this it was a very small story uh i didn't hardly see anyone reporting on it um but they've been there the fbi just recently uh took a look at his uh dc think tank office that took them around 12 hours uh so i'm assuming they're going to be there probably all day 
Um, this is really unprecedented. Stu mentioned this earlier, what they're opening this up, the precedent that it opens up here. And the reason why is because you're looking at a, uh, a weaponized Department of Justice and FBI. And I think when you look at this on a timeline, I think this, was, this uh, is covering up as one of the biggest election interferences in American history. Um, can I explain that, Glenn? <laughs> yes. Can you? Um, I can. So I, when we first heard about this, when the timeline started become materializing, um, the Biden's lawyers found classified docs at the D, uh, D.C. think tank office on November 2nd. Um, why did we not hear anything then? Because that was in the in the very middle of the hoopla surrounding Trump and the raid of Mar-a-Lago. Why didn't we hear about this update? Well, just six days later were the midterms. They couldn't let it go because what we all know is that the raid of Mar-a-Lago was just a big political stunt. That's all it was. They were losing hardcore in the polls. They knew that they were about to take a big defeat in the midterms. They needed a whammy. And that whammy was the raid on Donald Trump's house. That's what it was. We all knew what it was. Now we're seeing it materialize. That's exactly what was going on. Well, one day later, the DOJ on November 9th, the DOJ and the FBI decided, you know what? I think we should look at these classified documents found in his home. I think maybe it could have been a violation of federal law. We're, we're going to look into it. Oh, really? A day after the midterms? Now you're going to decide? But because of the slow drip process, we didn't even hear about that. We only just now heard about that just a few weeks ago. And now well, that the FBI is now moving on some of these places, we're starting to see that the FBI is completely boxed in. They've been caught. They were outed in this scheme to, to work with the Democrats, to, to tank Republicans, to tank Donald Trump. And now they're like, OK, well, crud, we have to move. We have to do a raid. We have to get involved and show that, hey, at least we're taking this seriously. Will they eventually in the end? Highly doubt it, because this has been a sham since the beginning. All right. So here's the here's the, a couple of questions. First, um, you didn't touch on what CBS News has just reported, that the FBI conducted another undisclosed search of the Penn Biden Center back in November. I think that uh, you might have just mentioned that in in um, in passing here. They yeah. they knew that the uh, that these uh, were in existence. They knew this was a problem, but they go and they raid it and the White House hasn't ever talked about it. The White House is telling America that they're very, very transparent. They're cooperating 100 percent. Who is shutting down the information? Who is yeah, who well, is there a single journalist that would like to win? Well, you're not going to win a Pulitzer because you have to lie to win one of those. Is there anybody that cares enough about the truth, no matter where it falls, that they're going to tell the truth? No, nah, I mean, we just found out about that raid that you just mentioned so this week. We found out about it this week. It happened way back then. I mean, you remember when all of this, it was like almost kind of like a, a drip process when they went to move on Trump. Remember the yes. remember how yeah, yeah. investigative these journalists were being? They were looking at torn up notes and, to, uh, and toilet bowls. That, that, that's like, they were like, oh, exclusive. We found these torn up notes. Look how careless he is. Then we start finding out about these classified docs at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, that's the links they were willing to go. All of this stuff, like you have lawyers involved within the Biden administration. You have the DOJ involved, the FBI involved. Going back months, and not a single journalist knew a thing about it. All right. So, of course, that's not true. So, um, Jason, tell me, what do you think is happening? Why would the FBI be raiding his house yet again? Why would they be doing this today? 
Well, I seriously think that, I mean, this could point toward, because we, we know that it was a two-pronged uh, reason for raiding uh, Mar-a-Lago and Donald Trump. One, uh, it was a heck of a, it was a, it was a heck of a pre-October surprise for the midterm election. That's one. I think that was one of the biggest things. The second, they actually wanted to prosecute him. They, they did not want him to, to run for president again the next election. That, that was a big thing. Now, I don't think that anyone on the left wants Joe Biden to run again in 2024. I, I do not think they want him. He's vulnerable now, but so is Trump. I, I think right now they're kind of like gambling. Well, yes, we open them both up to prosecution. They'll, they'll both be vulnerable. But do we care? No, nah, I don't think they care. I, I think they, now they're, they're kind of like cutting their, you know, their losses and they're looking towards who actually they can find that's electable. I don't think they have too many people that are electable. But I think that they see the vulnerability of Joe Biden. That's a bonus for them. And they're going to continue with the vulnerability of of Donald Trump. They're going to make an example. This is banana republic. This is banana republic stuff. You don't go in and raid a sitting president's home. You don't do it. We've never, ever done anything like this. We've never did it with Donald Trump. Now they're going and raiding a sitting president's home. That's fine if we had a Justice Department that we trusted. But we don't. We know they're not after real justice. So that leads you to what is what is it that they're after? This becomes extraordinarily dangerous for a republic. If your Justice Department is corrupt and the deep state is in charge and they can just take any president and go into their house and uh, raid it and uh, charge him on things that Hillary Clinton didn't go to jail for. Nobody went. I can't believe I'm actually kind of defending Joe Biden here um, because I'm defending the process. You should have done this from the beginning. Now they're using this as a political tool, I fear, because the biggest tool is Hunter Biden. And the things that are coming out about Hunter Biden are really, really damaging. Um, it looks we What was it yesterday, Jason? We had the story about uh, Hunter's um, uh, Hunter setting up the biotech labs, the bioweapons labs in uh, Ukraine. He was the guy who helped start that and helped fund that. What's that all about? I mean, I think the, the, the further we start seeing that, that, the Ukraine stuff, the business dealings with Hunter Biden and the rest of his family, and why they were so like hyper focused on Ukraine, and why now they are so hyper focused on making yeah. sure that you know everything is secure there. Uh, you know, they they got to make sure that you know all of those skeletons are completely buried. I don't even think that we're. I, I thought, we probably haven't even scratched the surface. I mean, we we covered Burisma in detail. Now we're getting hints of this. Those are the things we know. What do we not know that they had their fingers in? I mean, this is getting absolutely insane. I, you know, the thing that bothers me so much is the amount of money that has gone over there. Because yeah. we know most of it has not gone to the front lines. We, we've had people on the front lines who have verified this. We're not seeing an influx of things. Where, where are all those things going? You're seeing um, 10 politicians had to step down because they were taking the aid and funneling it towards their families, et cetera, et cetera. 10 politicians. We're not monitoring anything. <clears throat> and I think this is a huge uh, payoff. Did you see that it was, what was it, $2.5 billion, they say, uh, was given out 
uh, during the PPP program that shouldn't have been given out all went to corruption. $2.5 billion. Do you know politically what could be done with a billion dollars? $10 billion? If this money is being funneled nefarious places, which is the only way dirty money ever goes, it's not like it goes to the church. This money is being funneled somewhere. Where? Who is using that money for what kind of a global campaign? Where's that money's influence being felt? We need to know this. Uh, Jason, um, are, is your uh, is it your belief at this point that the government is going to move on Joe Biden more than this? Well, I I kind of do because I, I I don't think that I don't really see an out for the DOJ and FBI on this. I I, I really don't. I mean, they've they've already you know the grenade they dropped with Trump. And now all the revelations that are coming out about Biden, I just don't see how they can. I mean, they're going to try and minimize uh, and, you know, make it seem more benign what, what Biden did. Um, I, uh, I, I saw that uh, in, in just some of the early reporting on the raid to, or the, the FBI search today, they were trying to say that, you know, oh, Joe Biden is in full cooperation with the FBI, you know, more than happy to let the FBI search his home today. Um, there's no difference between that and what Donald Trump did. He was right. in cooperation with the FBI. He allowed them access. They went and looked. They searched through the file folders, looked at everything, and said, hey, Mr. President, you should probably put a padlock on that door. Okay, so he did it. What is the difference? Really, what, what is the difference? There is no difference, but you can already see them. You, you know, they're calling their shot right now that they're going to try and make this look more benign. Um, they'll probably end up saying that, okay, we, we find no criminality here. For some weird magic trick, we find criminality with Donald Trump. But in the end, they're both uh, they're both vulnerable um, with the ultimate. So, do you think that there's a do you think there's a chance that this is because this is what I'm hearing from people? The left is done with uh, the Bidens, and so now this is all coming from the deep state, and they're just going to destroy him and his family. Yeah, and, and Glenn, just a real quick point on just how deep this deep state is is right now and how much they are outing themselves. I mean, just look at the DOJ and the FBI. Look at what they did to the, the pro-life activists. You know, the um, hook know. was just uh, exonerated. But can, but can you believe that? that the DOJ actually, they knew they did not have a case, Glenn. They knew they did not have a case. They knew how flimsy it was. He wasn't even blocking that entrance. The, this other activist went towards uh, a hook. Um, basically ran him down the street. Uh, and then he had, uh, as, as per in the court, the Planned Parenthood CEO admitted that this guy had those issues before. He had been confronting uh, people out on the street, which they're told not to do before. So the, the DOJ knew they didn't have a case. But what did they do? They still went because it was retaliation. They, their flagship banner issue, Roe v. Wade, had gotten overturned. So they wanted to deliver a gut punch. Had nothing to do with justice, but they are weaponized. I mean, this well, on top of what's going on with Biden and Trump right now, there's the deep state right there. They are fully weaponized and they're coming after you. Yeah. And that's that's what disturbs me. Yesterday, we had um, a guy who filed a lawsuit here in Texas against the ATF on uh, the um, uh, what do you call them? The the uh, stocks, the collapsible collapsible stocks. But it's a 
what are they called? The the pistols that can turn into rifles magically with the stabilizing oh, yeah. stock. Um, and yeah. they the F uh, the ATF said that those are absolutely legal. They've been legal for years. Blah blah blah. Now through a stroke of a pen, not Congress or anything else, they decide that that's a felony to own one of those. In case you missed yesterday's podcast, um, we talked to the guy who was filing suit because yesterday was the day that it actually became uh, uh, a in the federal registry, which means it's now officially on the book. So the clock started running yesterday. You have 120 days before you're a felon. They they may not get away with this, but what they're doing when you say weaponizing, there's two things that people have to to understand how a um, a national socialist kind of uh, takeover usually happens is they make so many things through regulation illegal that almost everybody's in violation of something. And then they apply pressure selectively to who they want to apply pressure. So if you have one of those um, one of those guns and you haven't filed in 120 days because you're waiting for the court to speak on it, what's going to happen to you? They will arrest you even if they know it. nothing's going to happen. They want to make people's lives miserable through the system. That way uh, they can control you even if it doesn't end up. Uh, that you have to be held in jail. The whole process is the real punishment. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. that I think should be the one to save America from the peril that is Mitt Romney uh, and primary him in Utah is uh, Sean Reyes. He is the Utah Attorney General, a good friend and a very good man. Uh, Welcome to the program. Sean, how are you, sir? I'm doing so well, Glenn. How are you doing? Good. You know, we don't deal with snow in Texas like you do in Utah. So I, my apologies for the cancellation earlier. And we are just a uh, we're a city, at least Dallas is is like it's worse than it was with covid. Nobody can oh, move man. because of the ice on the streets. But um, so thank you for your patience, uh, Sean. Of course. Uh, there was something that the Biden administration announced in November Um, And this is so insidious. Uh, And Joe Biden said that he wanted regulation now to be able to force everybody's retirement fund into ESG style uh, um, uh, funds that could dramatically impact the uh, the retirement accounts of millions of Americans. You have put together 25 states, the attorney generals, and you have filed a lawsuit um, against the Biden administration and trying to get that repealed. Tell me about it. Yeah, Glenn, we've filed Utah versus Walsh with 24 other states, just like you said, because the Biden administration is trying to implement a rule that is immoral, it is irresponsible, and it is totally illegal. 
And and the reason it's illegal uh, is that ERISA, which is the federal law that requires investment managers of private benefit plans like 401ks that you have, that I have, to pick investments based solely on financial reasons to benefit the plan and maximize value for beneficiaries. That's their fiduciary duty. We call it the exclusive purpose test. And this new Biden rule, which, by the way, as you said, they tried to sneaky, really sinister uh, pass this rule and hope that no one would would notice. Uh, kind of like they did um, the last time we had to sue the Department of Labor on OSHA vaccine mandates. You remember that. And we took yep. that to the Supreme Court and won. Mm-hmm. And we'll do the same here if we need to, because this is yet another existential threat from ESG. So this new Biden rule allows asset managers for these plans to abandon their fiduciary duty and become instead woke investment activists for G- for ESG Glenn, this rule puts at risk over $12 trillion. Oh, my gosh. $12 trillion of private retirement funds for 152 million hardworking Americans. The whole civilian workforce in America, Glenn, is 165 million at last count. So it just shows you the scale of the impact that this rule would have. And and again, it, it weaponizes and politicizes the role of asset managers at a time when 401ks are already taking major hits due to the economic downturns and high inflation from this administration. It it is insane. So, Sean, this doesn't mandate that they they have to buy ESGs. It just allows them to uh, to put aside their fiduciary responsibility, which is insane, insane. Yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't mandate. And it's funny that you say it that way, because that was the defense that the DOL administration uh, put forth for why this this is still uh, acceptable. We're not mandating illegal conduct. We're only allowing <laughs> illegal conduct. Yeah. It's, it's perverse the way that they, that they put it forward. Was, oh, OK. Well, uh, as long as it's not mandated. Uh, it's okay. But we've seen the reality is, and and you've talked about this on your show a lot, and thank you. God bless you for being such a voice of reason, a loud voice in pushing back on this ESG um, insanity, because ESG funds are largely underperforming, and they're getting us close to net zero. Um, They should be looking at, by the way, technologies that are actually profitable and don't cause more environmental impact. You have one right now in your state and mine. It's a, it's a Utah-based company. I'm going to throw it out. You can have them on the show another time. But Omnis Energy is about to make a huge announcement in Texas about really clean energy that will give U.S. the energy dominance it, it deserves. And many of Texas's most prominent business leaders are committed to this technology so i'm teasing it a little bit but you oh i think i know what this time. is when do they announce that <laughs> it's coming it's coming in, uh, within uh days or weeks uh, and you know some of the principles and, oh i th- this um, is really this this is going to be an exciting announcement this is going to be really yeah. good uh we'll we'll uh we'll let you in on that um on the uh, show I've, I've known about this for a couple of months and been waiting and waiting and waiting uh and i'm, yeah. I'm excited to hear that it's I don't wanna, actually i don't want to take their thunder no. and, and i know but but um 
You know what? There, there, Glenn, there are other technical reasons, and I just want to throw this out to any of the lawyers out there who, who are questioning, okay, what, what is the basis and why is it illegal in addition to it violating um, the fiduciary responsibilities? Um, there, there are other factors. It violates the major questions doctrine um, because it has vast economic impact, and the DOL actually doesn't have the authority to do this, it's arbitrary and capricious. And it also, uh, another thing that we didn't really talk about a lot is that it allows proxy voting, again, in a way that prevents them from, or requires them from um, from living up to their fiduciary responsibilities. So there's a proxy element here too, which is another aspect of ESG that is pernicious. Um, and, and again, it's so brazen, this, this, this audacity of woke is is unbelievable, right? Sean, I I will tell you, we have been fighting ESG with ESG legislation um, uh, through wall builders um, and David Barton. And, you know, I've been up at different states talking about it and, and they have really mounted an effort in I think about 30 states are considering legislation. Um, I have been working with another organization uh, for the last, I mean, we've been working with them for at least eight months, but we found out some things that um, that they were doing to undermine the protection for the people. And uh, just a quick side note, I'm going to be making an announcement about that very well-known foundation um, and what they've been doing, we've tried to give them several months uh, to uh, clarify and rectify the problem. They haven't. And uh, tomorrow's program, I'm going to be telling you something quite shocking and very, very disappointing on a um, on a foundation that uh, is as a long legacy and heritage uh, that. Uh, you're going to be disappointed in anyway. Um, so let me ask you, let me ask you on the ESG front, is anyone that, you know, protecting, cause this is the, this is the problem with this. This hurts everybody, including the little guy. Okay. This is not just the energy sector. This is everybody, especially the little guy is going to get hurt on this. Um, are you seeing any real forward momentum at all on protecting the little guy in the S and the G or is still, are people still just worried about the E? No, absolutely. And we've pushed back on some of the S and the G and and let me talk about that before I do. Thank you for your partnership with David. He is doing, and he's a warrior out there and, and the work that you all are doing, you deserve credit um, with the legislatures is important, and Congress has a role to play, and they're they're trying to push back through a resolution. But the AGs, I, I, speaking of warriors, and you have an incredible one there in Texas, my colleague Ken Paxton, he is yeah. co-filing this with me. So, I, so Texas, uh, Louisiana, Jeff Landry, and the Commonwealth of Virginia, Jason Miaris, and all these other AGs, they're the ones you call us often the last line of defense, and we are pushing back for the little guy, not just on the E. But on the S and the G, there was not too long ago an insurance issue that came up, which they were trying to pass a law that would require the insurance company to violate numerous state laws in the guise of being more diverse, right? And and it actually would require the insurance company, this rule, to consider race 
in terms of assessing right. risk and, right. and issuing insurance, which blatantly on its face violates a number of state laws. So we pushed back on that. So people think that the ESG is only the E, there's definitely the S and the G part of it, and we'll, we'll continue as AGs to push back on all of that because, as you said so eloquently, it hurts the little guy. It hurts everyone. And I want to so, be clear, Glenn, we're, we're not saying you, you can't invest your money, your own money, yeah, and be a it. social warrior and activist. We're saying yep. when you have a fiduciary duty to invest other people's money, you can't do that. Right. Right. Um, can you can you help me on one thing unrelated to this, Sean? The uh, rule went in two days ago now for the pistol braces and the ATF says if you have a gun with pistol braces, you have to uh, apply for a tax stamp. And, you know, that that's a, a year long process uh, if you're lucky. Um, but you are going to be a felon within 120 days, even if you're in the process of the tax stamp. Um, and so they're saying, turn your gun in. Well, I know a lot of people that have these guns. They were perfectly legal until they just decided to, you know, uh, uh, just change the regulation on their own. What what does the what should somebody do? I know there's a lawsuit that was just filed yesterday here in Texas, but should we wait for this to play out in the court? Should you, what should you do? Are we going to be felons if you have those guns? Another assault on our second amendment um, rights. And, you know, I just, I I was just at SHOT Show um, recently in Las Vegas, and we were talking about this, um, you know, many good American companies and and even um, uh, foreign companies that that support um, the second amendment. (laughs) Here, here is a, I think a practical um, solution, Glenn, if I were you in any state uh, where you have a a good attorney general who understands the, um, the constitution, I would reach out to their office and, and ask for uh, advice and also see if they are um, joining us in being able to push back against these rules and encourage them to do that. Um, Because as you pointed out, the, the, the average citizen is now caught um, in this no man's land, and it's a it's a precarious it's place good. to be, uh, yeah. my friend. Um, thank you for for having me on. I know <laughs> it's no, no. crazy right now with the weather yeah. conditions, but I, I really so wanted to talk to you about um, the ESG and the Second Amendment issues and, and everything else going on there. You are an incredible. Uh, warrior well, and champion for us. Sean, I, I appreciate everything you're doing. You're really one of the good guys. And there's probably 15, 20 of them out there that are in uh, as attorney generals that are just diehard. And you are one of the real leaders of that group. And I appreciate it. And uh, and good luck running against uh, Mitt Romney in the primary. Anyway, um, Sean Ray has the attorney general for the great state of Utah. Na, na, na.